0: around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello everybody, God bless you and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries podcast. We as always are just thrilled to have you here and we're going to share with you today some wonderful things that we already have prayed and believed God that are going to be a blessing to you and to your family. And we are thankful that the spirit of the Lord God uh, as Isaiah 61 says is upon us and has anointed us to preach the gospel the good news around the world. So get your Bibles out, maybe get a cup of uh, coffee or tea, and uh, just sit around, listen to us. If you're driving or you're having to take care of other things while you're working there, um, we will just continue to share with you some of these good things and talk to you while you're getting your other tasks taken care of. So, Darlene, let's begin and talk to the folks today about all the good things that we've got on our heart and where we've just come from and where we're going and what God's got us to do.
1: Well, amen. Praise God! It uh, must be Wednesday, and we're putting up a new podcast. Yes, I've been looking forward to it. And you know, we just got in last night from uh, Canada. That's right. And uh, ministering the word there in uh, Manitoba, and, and dear friends there, uh, partners. You know, you know, uh, we always give preference on our calendar, right, to our to our partner churches. You know, there's lots and lots of churches in America, but uh, we have partner churches. We have par- churches that partner with us financially and partner with us in prayer partner with us on a monthly basis, and uh, some get involved in, in projects and, and help uh, just a pastor called call today. A dear friend, you know, I wanted to know how he could pay for a whole crusade, you know. And so people uh, sometimes partner in projects, and sometimes they partner monthly. And uh, so we always, on my calendar, as I there's only 52 Sundays in the year, and sometimes half of those were overseas and that only gives me about 25 30 That's sundays right. to preach in the states. <laughs> so right. so we really have to watch our calendar and, and make sure that our partner churches get preference uh even though we like to go to new churches and like to go do camp meetings and you know other things well we certainly feel like our partner churches need to have the the first uh first shot at our at our at our calendar so we just came back from a partner church in in um, canada and uh i enjoyed that i enjoyed i tell you we spent time with the pastor and his wife and um uh, set up one night uh till one thirty in the morning visiting with them and just <laughs> answering questions and, and right. you know a lot of places i go a lot of places we go i mean you know the pastors just pick our brain and and That's we're right. there i think sometimes more for them and we had just come in from another right, church right. Uh, uh, several <laughs> thousand miles away and and um, the pastors there are, are in in transition or uh, the uh, pastors are leaving and installing new pastors, right, so both right. of them were picking our brain. You know, we had the, yeah. the outgoing pastor and the incoming pastor just talking that's... to us. You know, because of the the, the ministry of the apostle, right. uh, exactly. a lot of pastors like to do that, like to talk to me about that, because people don't really understand the ministry of an apostle. If you ask most church people what an apostle does, they'll just say, builds churches, and I've always said, well, that's not even right. Uh, the apostle builds the church, not just churches, but the church of Jesus Christ and uh, not only that but uh, the apostle will hit the beachhead first like the marines uh, and make it possible for the other uh, ministry gifts to get there but also the apostle will establish doctrine and then correct doctrine so uh, it's very common when when pastors are transitioning or are needing to do something in the church you know that they'll they'll uh, call us and talk to us and what have you but but I certainly enjoy the time we spend with uh, with pastors and enjoy the time we spend preaching the Word of God to the people
0: right it's a it's a wonderful um, opportunity for the local church people that are in churches and to come in here not just be blessed but to really begin to organize your thoughts and your faith to be able to understand the day and the hour that you live in and know your place in the kingdom of God and what God's called you to as Terry was saying we spent a lot of time with each of these pastors in their very diverse communities and every church is different. Every church not only has its own personality, but every church geographically is going to have a different culture, a different mindset within the community. And uh, there are just very specific things that people in the ministry have to hear from God on. You can't just go in somewhere, everywhere, and uh, assume that the dynamics of doing ministry is gonna be the same from the place you came from. So that's that's where I I see where uh, the five-fold ministry and the ministry of the apostle is specifically very, very helpful uh, through the years that I've not only been a pastor's wife and now travel with Terry and see the need for it, that the, the ministry of the apostle comes in and really uh, begins to answer questions that really nobody else could answer or begin to be a friend to the pastor and to the local church. You know, the people in this one church we just were in in Canada... Um, They were just so hungry. Last year when we were there, I I just, Terry and I both were just thrilled because the hunger of the people of God. And one of the verses that I've always enjoyed in Proverbs 27, it says that um, he that is saturated with sensual pleasure will tread underfoot a honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, even the bitter things oh, yeah. are sweet. Sure. So it's almost like you know, back in that day and time when the Bible was written, to get a honeycomb you had to go climb the tree, <laughs> maybe wrestle with a bear chasing you down to get the honeycomb, and then bring it back.
1: Well, the bees didn't appreciate And the, not anything.
0: to mention all the bees that were going grow- they're going to is So a honeycomb was a very treasured, um, uh, what, what can I say, gourmet kind of food for people to have. And say, you get a honeycomb, well then that meant you fought bees and maybe a bear <laughs> to get back and had to bring it back home. And so... The more somebody is, is um, given very rich food and they're used to getting what they want to eat and all that, it says they'll tread under underfoot a honeycomb, which took a, a lot of getting to get. But when you are hungry then even the bitter things are sweet your your palate is not so spoiled and you're really hungry for the word of god and that's what i saw with these people in canada that we just ministered for is that they are so hungry for the word of god and uh, the word of the lord is very precious to them and the pastors very humbly uh, are preaching and teaching the word of god and they've got a great church they're doing a good work and so we had a wonderful wonderful fruitful meeting with them
1: yeah no it was really good i enjoyed it and and you know, uh, on on Saturday night, I ministered on three missionary calls. Yes. And uh, because the pastor had been asking me about missions and about a missions church and what does a mission exactly. church do and what does a mission church look like. and uh, And so I ministered on three missionary calls. And that's just such a powerful message. I've ministered a number of times around the world but uh out of out of uh, luke chapter 16 we see that jesus talks to us about a rich man who died and went to hell right. and uh in hell the bible says that he lift up his eyes being in torments plural mm-hmm. more than one and he saw abraham afar off and he saw a beggar there with abraham and he said just let that beggar come and dip his wa- finger in water and cool my tongue because i'm tormented in this flame in fact four times there in luke 16 he used the word tormented right. or torments and uh and Abraham told him that can't be done. There's a big, great gulf fixed between the two of us. You can't come where we are. We can't come where you are. And so the man said, Well, then, Father Abraham, send that beggar to my father's house because I've got five brothers and I don't want them to come to this place of torment. You know, it's such a powerful statement. I don't want them to come. I don't want them here. I don't want them to come here. Send somebody Uh to them. And he uses two words. He said, send someone to testify to them. He knew what needed to be done. They needed to be testified to. And then he said, so they will repent. He knew they needed testified to, and he knew they needed to repent. And he said, "Or, or else they'll come to this horrible, horrible place of torment, So I call that a missionary call from hell. Here we have a man in hell saying, I don't want anybody else to come here. Please send people to witness and to testify so people will repent so they will not come to hell. I don't want them here. Please send missionaries. So a missionary call from hell. And then, and then Acts chapter 16, it says that uh, Paul had a vision one night. And in this vision, there was a man from Macedonia. Uh, and and uh, the man in the vision said, please come over here and help us. Please come over here and help us. And then the Bible says immediately the next morning we departed and went to Macedonia. <laughs> so really he had a vision that. at midnight and left at 6 a.m. Right. You know, for most Christians right. today, if God told them to go do something, it'd take them three years to get rid of the stuff. And they'd say, well, I bought a cow and I married a wife. Right, and right, I, right. I've got kids in school and I've got car payments or I, or, 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 or I married a cow and I bought a wife. It doesn't matter <laughs> how you say it. it. It's still just a dumb excuse. Right. But uh, uh, this was a missionary call from the heathen because the heathen can't save themselves. No, that's... And they know they can't save wow. themselves and they need somebody to help them. It takes a Christian to do it. So he said, "Please come over here and help us." And so immediately the next morning they went to Macedonia, went to Philippi. You know Macedonia is just a a, a province you know like Texas is a state Oklahoma is a state Florida is a state right. and uh, Macedonia is is a, is a is a province like a state and then Philippi is a, is a city within that province and so uh when they got over there and began to preach they got beaten put in jail and uh, then God did a God caused wow. an earthquake and got them out of it right and then the jailer there uh took Paul over to his house and had church and most bible scholars today feel like that that's that's where the, the, the Paul actually saw the man in the vision, that Paul actually saw that jailer. Uh, well, we don't know that. We can ask him when we get to heaven right, and say, hey, was right. that you? you know, right? But he saw this is vision, and most people, most Bible scholars feel like it was that jailer there in the jail in, uh, in Philippi. And uh, Paul went over to his house, and they started the church at Philippi. That, that became the, the Philippian church. And That's so, so the awesome. second missionary call yeah, was a wonderful. missionary call from the heathen. Then the third missionary call, three missionary calls, the third one was from heaven. There's a missionary call from hell, a missionary call from the heathen, and a missionary call from heaven, because Jesus gave us five times the Great Commission. He gave us Matthew 28, Mark 16, starting in verse 15. He gave us uh, Luke 24, 47. Mm-hmm. He gave us John 20, 21, 22, and 23. And then he gave us Acts 1:8. Five times Jesus gave us the Great Commission, get the gospel To the world. And Renee, I think one of the greatest, I've said this to you many times, I think one of the greatest deceptions in the church today, and probably sins in the church today, is the delusion the church is under and the delusion that pastors are under uh, on what the Great Commission is.
0: Oh, that's right. We see it all the time. You know,
1: throughout history, I mean, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, if you'd ask any Christian anywhere, I mean a Baptist, a Methodist, a Catholic, a Church of Christ, a Pentecostal, a, I don't really care what they were, if you ask any Christian, what is the Great Commission? They'd tell you what's going into all the world and winning souls, winning souls for Jesus, winning souls for God, not letting people go to hell, rescue people from a devil's hell. Right. And uh, But about 25 years ago or so, uh, it got real popular to start preaching and telling people that, that what the Great Commission is, is making disciples. And that's just not true. Not only is it not true, it makes me mad. Not only does it make me (laughs) mad, I think it makes heaven mad. And I know it makes hell really, really happy. Because what you're saying is, don't win souls, just preach to Christians. Right. Let's teach the taught instead of reaching the lost. Now that's a terrible, terrible deception and misconception. In uh, perversion right. of the Word of God, that's in the church today. Now, I'm not against making disciples. I'm totally for making disciples. Right. I'm, yes, I'm for course, preaching Jesus to Christians, and I pre. And that was what I was just doing in Canada. Uh, it's what I do all the time. When I'm in the states, I mean, every Sunday, I'm either in a church in, in the states or, or or Canada or or, or, uh, or I'm overseas preaching. And so I'm, I'm for preaching to Christians. I'm for making disciples. Right. I'm for teaching the talk. But I don't confuse that with missions. Right. I don't confuse that with the Great Commission. Because the Great Commission, Jesus gave us five times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, get the gospel to the world. And it's very plain in, 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 every, in Mark, uh, Luke, John, and Acts. It's very, very plain. He's talking about sinners. Because uh, oh, right. he taught, uses the word, uh, they'll be saved, or they'll be damned, uh, or they'll... Um, uh, the repentance, the remission of sins, Luke twenty four forty seven. 47, the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name in all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Uh, Mark, 5, 4, Mark 16, go ye into all the world, starting at verse 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth okay. not shall be damned. Well, damned to where? Hell. For how long? Forever, for eternity. And so it's very plain he's talking to us about uh, reaching the lost. Uh, and and yet the church is, has so changed that it has been such a subtle change in the last 25 years or so to where, you know, pastors just smile and church people just smile and say, oh, yeah, we're making disciples, so we're doing the Great Commission. And yet people going to hell, going to hell, going to hell, going to hell. Well, even, even pastors today will take the church's missions money and go overseas, go to Europe or go to Australia, or go to Africa, go somewhere and, uh, and, and mm-hmm. preach in a friend's church, you know, maybe the same Bible school they went to or whatever, preaching in a friend's church uh, to Christians and then come home and say, well, I did missions. And they're, they're under the deception that they did missions and, and uh, that's just not true. I'm glad they did it. I'm for them doing sure, it. Sure. And churches have all kind of outreaches and I'm for all kind of outreaches, but I don't confuse those outreaches with missions and I don't confuse those outreaches with uh, uh, the Great Commission.
0: Well, brother, you and I heard Pastor Osteen say over and over.
1: Uh, John Osteen, yeah.
0: Uh, many, many times that the light that shines the farthest shines, shines the brightest Yeah, the light home. that shines the farthest away is the way so brightest at home. We do not in any way diminish the work of the local church because oh, absolutely not. it's the strength we of, from churches. the body of Christ that you were to send out. But so many times the enemy tries to get us all focused on one thing or the other. It's almost like we can't hold two thoughts in our brain at the same time. And uh, you, your whole idea of preaching and teaching the taught, and yet... The whole focus of that and the whole purpose for that is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And Christians get all that confused. It's like we've got to do either or. Well, that's right. <laughs> and we don't have to get we don't have to get locked into one or the other. You're obviously where you are is well, where you Well, you do have are. to
1: get locked into winning souls, and that's where the church misses it. Well, that's well, not I'm, an option. You can you, you should teach the taught. You should always teach the taught. You should always have a church, but you can never ever omit. You know, when the great commission becomes the great omission, then people go to hell.
0: Right. People, many times, they they want to, you know, sideline one or the other, and, well, I'm just going to do this, or I'm just going to do that. But, you know, you, you can hold two thoughts in your brain at the same time, and you can be faithful. Obviously, where you are is where you are, and you're going to be in that local church. But your your purpose and your motivation is to go into all the world, to be a part of missions, to be a part of it, giving, praying, believing. And from time to time, if you're able to go, that's great. But the main thing is to see the fact that, that God's out to make this thing much bigger dynamic and much bigger in numbers uh, than than just us four and no more. So it would certainly not be to the advantage of the kingdom of God, nor to God's, the heart of the Father, to just isolate everybody into making our church real big. <laughs> you know, make yeah, our too. church so our in building, our buildings. The
1: bottom line is eternity. No, when, that's when this right. thing's wrapped up and said and that's done, right. and the horn blows and it's all over, then it depends on whether you're saved or not where you spend eternity. Right. And if we just simply make te- teaching the taught, uh, the only thing we do, and I'm for teaching the taught. I'm for it. I right. do it all the time. Yeah, I'm, right I'm right. doing it right now on the podcast. I'm I'm teaching the taught. I'm for teaching the taught. But I'm just saying, if, if that's all we do for the next five years, if we if we didn't do anything but teach the taught for the next five years, and Jesus came in the next five years, then not one more soul would enter heaven. They'd just go to hell. And that's the that's the scary thing, or the or the or the sad thing, or the the thing that makes it's enough to make heaven weep. Mm-hmm. If the church stops winning the lost and just starts teaching the taught, then those taught are going to go to heaven, whether Jesus comes today or tomorrow or next year next week or five years from now. But those lost are not. Those lost are going to hell. And we've got to get the lost saved. We've got to get the gospel to the world.
0: When you taught that at the church in Canada, the pastor was so thrilled because of the fact that he was able to, to have you teach it to the church. And it wasn't just something he was up there trying to, you know, bang a gong to get everybody involved in. But they heard it from the apostle. And he was so thrilled that you taught that those three things a missionary call from hell a missionary call from the lost a missionary call from heaven Mm -hmm. so that that was absolutely something that established the purpose of the church, and it wasn't just to make the saints comfortable and everybody (laughs) enjoy church. That's all a sideline compared to missions and winning the lost. And they were thrilled to hear that word. And that's, that's what you're always looking for. You're looking for uh, a person individually. You're you're looking for a church. You're looking for a pastor that has the heartbeat of the
1: world, the lost out there. Brother Osteen used to say, you know, Joel Osteen's daddy used to always tell us, he'd say, you know, Pastors need to go to the mission fields Uh uh, three times a year. I always figured they probably couldn't afford to go three times a year, Mm -hmm. but at least one time a year. But Brother Oseen always said, Terry, tell every pastor to go to the mission fields three times a year and don't preach. And that's the hardest thing for a preacher. (laughs) He said, tell them don't preach. Tell them let the, the missionary preach or the anointed one, the one that's anointed to be there and do it. Let them do it. And he said, but the pastor's job is to. While they're there is to feel the pulse beat That's of a it, lost right and there. dying, right. sin-sick world. Feel the pulse beat of a lost and dying, sin-sick world. Listen then come, and home, yeah. then come home and instill that vision to the church. Keep that vision fresh. And on fire in front of the church at all times. You know, another thing, Renee, is that if, if you if you get a church missions-minded and missions-focused, and realize that our purpose is missions, that Jesus died for missions, that Paul had his head cut off for missions, and Peter was crucified upside down for missions, and Andrew died for missions, and Thomas died in India for missions, and all those apostles right. died for missions. And well, uh, if right. we get that idea to them and get it across to them that that. Jesus came for missions. The apostles were about missions. That we're the, the reason for the church today is mission. That's the whole purpose of the church. The whole reason for the church is missions that a church exists for, for missions like a fire exists for burning, then if we focus those the, the church people on that, it really causes a lot less trouble in the church.
0: It sure does. Because
1: then you don't have bored Christians and bored Christians are dangerous. <laughs> they the only really thing are. more the only thing more dangerous than oh, a bored Christians are bored pastors. Yeah, it's
0: all about me. Yeah. And they start you know, and, and they start, you know if they're happy. bored,
1: they start looking around and saying, Well, I wonder who decided to buy that piano well i wonder how much money they spent on that guitar well i wonder who who chose that color of carpet nobody asked me what color the carpet should be i wonder nobody asked me if we should buy a new uh you know a new microphone a new this or a new that no if they're thinking about souls they don't care about all that stuff
0: no that's right it's rescue the perishing and care for the dying and that the whole thrust of the church is you know we're in here to worship god to edify one another, and to keep the lights on so we can help win the lost out there in the world. And in the meantime, God will take care of our needs. And He'll heal our bodies. And if we'll pray, our pastor will preach messages that will keep taking us from glory to glory. And it just makes everything in the kingdom of God work at such a higher standard. And it takes the carnality out of the Christian heart. And it begins to plow through that hardness of the soul and allows God to really begin to plant the seeds of this thing is bigger than who I am. Yes. And it, it, like that verse we started out with in Proverbs 27, verse 7, that if you're saturated with sensual pleasure, you'll tread underfoot and casually treat and, and flippantly treat things that are very precious with a disrespectful way but if you're hungry oh my goodness you'll you'll just take it yeah I'll use the example of you won't care if the if you're eating food if you're really hungry you won't care if the plates cracked or the tines on the fork are bent <laughs> or if the glass is cracked or chipped if you're hungry you're gonna eat
1: well yeah yeah yeah, if you're totally full, you'd turn down chicken fried steak. But if you're hungry, <laughs> you'd eat a baloney sandwich. I know, I know. <laughs>
0: and it's, the, it's just the difference in the heart, that the way that heart looks at things. And I just want to encourage all of you with what Terry and I have just come home from, that... Seeing people that are not only hungry for the word, but pa- pastors and leaders that are hungry to help other yes, people, yes. to reach them with the gospel. And while we were there, that pastor, remember he told us he went into the uh, store there in the local area after he had dropped us off at that yeah, after hotel. he dropped us
1: off at the hotel. And
0: ended up at a, in a checkout line with a little checker and just one heard of the Lord that real quickly yeah, there. just in, witnessed to her just and had to her. pray with him and accept Jesus. <laughs> and I think that's absolutely wonderful. And, and that pastor has had a history of just being a, a wonderful soul winner, and that church today is is I think the 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 chairs are full uh, because he's been one of those kind of guys Amen. that gets out Amen. there and goes Thank and God. does it with it. Well, him.
1: and setting the example as a pastor, he's yeah. setting the example.
0: Well, I that missionary call from you know the law from the um, hell, and then the missionary call from the heathen. And then the missionary call from heaven that breaks it down so simply you know any one of you could take that message and you could begin to meditate on it and then share it with other people other Christians that have gotten dull of hearing they've gotten lazy in their relationship with the Lord they 've lost their way. You could go preach that same thing to some neighbors some some Christians oh, sure. in your church oh, and begin to say, "Wait just a minute here you know I heard Brother Terry and Renee talking about this the other day on the sure. podcast. Let me show you where this is and over there and you know in Luke what in Luke, Luke 16, 16 Acts call from 16 hell,
1: Acts 16 missionary call from,
0: from, the heathen, he- from the
1: heathen and then a missionary call from heaven the great commission five times Jesus five gave times
0: us. at the end of every one of the gospels mm-hmm. and the first, in the first cha- of chapter Acts. of the book of Acts that's such an easy message for you to reproduce out of your own heart and make you a soul winner and then you can go and stimulate other Christians and be Boy, the missionary absolutely. you can be the missionary to lazy Christians in the church that have lost can their you, way can you
1: imagine Renée, can you imagine being the heathen? Can you imagine sitting in India, sitting in China? Both of them have over a billion people. Indian India has has the Hindu religion, which has three hundred and thirty million gods. No, I'll no, say that no. again: three hundred and thirty million gods. Plus, they have Islam, right? And then China has Buddhism, hmm. Both those nations. Are almost half the world's population both That's those right. nations have over a billion people wow. and can you imagine being the heathen and you're going to hell and you don't know how to not go to hell And you're praying and saying, oh, God, send me somebody. Oh, God, send me somebody. God, help me. Because angels can't preach. I wish they could. I've had people say, oh, angels will go preach to God. They can't do it. I wish they would. If angels could preach, I'd I'd eat my last worm. I'd I'd eat my last monkey. I mean, I'll I'll just quit going to the mission fields. If the angels could do it, because they'd do it so much better than me, but they can't do it. You know, in Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius, who was a Roman, who was an Italian, Uh, was praying and saying oh god help me oh god help me god i need you god show me oh god help me show me what to do show me what to do well god sent him an angel but that angel couldn't preach the angel couldn't say okay here's what you need to do you need to confess jesus is lord you need to repent the angel couldn't tell him that because angels are warriors and they're messengers and so that angel came to cornelius with a message from god and he said, Cornelius, he said, uh, cheer up, son. You, 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 your prayers have come up before God, and God's heard them. And he sent me here to tell you what to do. Go down and send some people to Joppa, town right. of Joppa, knock on the door of a guy named Simon, who's a tanner, got a leather working shop, and ask for Simon Peter. And Simon Peter will come down here and tell you what you need to do. And so that's what they did. They sent some guys down there, knocked on the door and said, is there a guy named Simon Peter here? And they said, well, yeah. And, and so they talked to him and said, God sent us an angel and said, you'd come tell us what to do. <laughs> and so uh, Peter came down there and preached to those Gentiles. Peter had never preached to a Gentile. I mean, here it is, Acts chapter 10. That's 30 years after Jesus had told him to go to the whole world. And Peter and the other disciples thought, right, Lord, we are. We're going to the whole world, the Jewish world. They had never preached to Gentiles. In fact, in in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus told them, don't you dare preach to a Samaritan. I mean, he told them in no uncertain terms in Matthew 10. He said, said, you only preach to Jews. You only preach to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he said, and to any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. Well, I bet you Peter had that written on his arm. So help me God, I'll never (laughs) preach to a Samaritan. Yet Jesus broke his own rules went right into Samaria and preached to that little Samaritan woman and got rid of the boys for a while, told him to go into McDonald's and get something to eat. And he talked to her and ministered to her. And, uh, and yet uh, they had never preached to a Samaritan, never preached to a Gentile. And so when Jesus gave them the Great Commission... There in Acts, he said, "Now go into uh, when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll be witnesses for me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria." The last thing they'd heard about Samaria is, "Don't you dare go to Samaria." But now Jesus says, "And Samaria, Samaria. and the uttermost part of the earth." And so they said, "Right, Lord, we'll do that. The whole earth, the Jewish, the Jewish earth, because they didn't think anybody else existed. Everybody else was a dog. Everybody else was not was not in the beloved." And here Acts chapter ten comes along, thirty years has gone by, well, wow. and God gives Peter that vision, let the sheet down three times said, "Arise, Peter, kill and eat and Peter says, "I've never eaten the unclean thing don't and God to rebuked that. him, God <laughs> rebuked him, and said, "You don't call common and unclean wow. that that I've cleansed." And so then Peter said, "Uh, God's trying to tell me something. And then when they said, "Hey, there's some Italians here, and they want you to go with them," well, Peter would have never done that. No, that's right. But all of a sudden he said, he told the the board later. He told his friends later in Jerusalem. He said, "The Holy Ghost made me go." No, that's right. And he said, "What was I that I could withstand God? I had to go." Y'all and he said, and the Holy Ghost fell on them just like you fell on us. Yeah. That's when Peter. That's when Peter made his famous statement there in Acts chapter ten, in right. verse thirty-four. He said, "Then I perceive of the truth." that God is no respecter of persons.
0: That's so wonderful. Now
1: see, he was talking about missions. This Bible is a missions Bible. It's a missions book. No, it is. And every scripture is a missions scripture, and we use it for everything but missions, and we take it out of context, (laughs) and and when we see that scripture, God's no respecter of persons, we say, oh, that means if God gave you a car, he'll give me a car. If God will heal your eyes, he'll heal my eyes. God loves you, he loves me. Well, that's fine. You can use it that way, but But in context, (laughs) what he was talking about was that Gentiles can get saved. He said, I perceive of a truth that 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 God's no respecter of mm-hmm. person. The next verse, verse thirty five says, So that in every nation those that work righteousness can be accepted with him in the beloved. That's and when Peter amazing. then told that same Thank story you, to the disciples, to the apostles on, in, in Acts chapter eleven, all Acts chapter eleven is, is Peter's retelling of Acts chapter ten, telling telling the disciples why he went and preached to a Gentile, because they were mad. How dare you go preach to a Gentile? We heard Sister Bucketmouth contacted us on Facebook and told us you preached to a Gentile. (laughs) And and so he had to go explain why he preached to a Gentile because they were going to pull his papers, man. They are going to take his papers away from him. Can't be a preacher anymore. And and Peter said, what was I that I could withstand God? And so so Acts chapter 11 and verse 18, uh, I, I wrote in the side margin of my Bible, this is the first time the disciples ever, ever, ever got missions. It says that they held their peace and said then... Then, in what, how's what, how you hear in the amplified? How does it sound? They're amplified,
0: verse 16. When, when they heard this. And when they heard this, they were quieted and made no further objection. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto real life, supernatural life, after the resurrection.
1: It's the first time in 30 years that they got it. Jesus <laughs> had told amazing. them 30 years before, get the gospel to the world. Yeah, really, and they said, Jewish. "Right, the Jewish world. And then here 30 years later, they say, oh, my God.
0: Of a truth, <laughs>
1: of a truth, they oh, held their peace. Of a truth,
0: here we are. God
1: has granted life unto Gentiles. My, my, my! Isn't my, that my.
0: amazing? I just, I just Changed find that, their life. that 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 revelation. Because Christians, the longer we've been Christians, sometimes it seems like we can just be embarrassingly carnal about what we think our purpose is or how important we think what we're doing at the, down at the church is. Everything has a place and a purpose and it has a value to it, but it's all for the sake of winning souls and yeah, getting absolutely. God a bigger family. Yeah, and instead of us being carnal and, and keeping everything all about us for and no more, and, and we just love our pastor and we love our church and we love, all of that's wonderful. Do that. But remember, it's not about everybody having warm fuzzies Is much as it is people going out and remembering that they were uh, the people that have lived before us many of them were martyred and persecuted for the sake of this gospel so you can have your wonderful church meetings and all of our seminars and um, cds and bookstores and tv shows but it's the main thing is still all about winning more souls into the kingdom of god
1: absolutely that's absolutely right
0: Well, I guess our time is gone for today. We're so glad you've been out there listening, and we hope what we've said to you um, pierced into your heart, gave you some new thoughts to think higher with, and we believe it's going to domino into bringing more people into the kingdom of God. That's what we're believing for you, that your life, as Jeremiah 31 says, that it'll all flow together, all of us working together to do the work of God, and your life will be like a watered garden while you take what you've given and you give it to somebody else and share the gospel with them. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week. But remember, you can always listen to our podcast on terrymize.com. You can go to our website at terrymizeministries.org. All of them have been archived there. And then also everything that you would need to know about the ministry, our schedule, our address, how to contact the office, prayer requests, um, anything that has to do with any of our products. Everything is there for you. And we have put that up there so that you can avail yourself to anything that you need. We are at your disposal. And remember, every Wednesday we put up a brand new podcast. So um,
1: And we believe in God with us too. This fall we're headed to Samoa yes, in the South yes. Pacific to minister the Word to God there. And uh, then uh, also we've got plans uh, to Mexico and then also to South America, two different nations. Two different to nations. To Colombia two different cities in Colombia, and then in peru and do uh, two different uh, cities in peru yeah we would train pastors minister to pastors train them in the word of faith teach it's them how so to get the church out soul winning so believe god with us on those trips both for our our, our blessings and our safety and our protection uh but also the finances to get it done and help those pastors that's right and uh you know we get requests all the time got got a message from romania today some gypsy pastors need some help and uh so we're we're just going to be about the master's business and our partners are doing the same thing helping us do it and uh, we just encourage you to get in prayer with us and believe god with us to get these things done
0: amen well we love you god bless you and we look forward to seeing you next week right back here at the same time amen bye-bye